TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. The coach coming at you, the big dog, doing a post-Super Bowl Monday. we got a little static on the phone lines here. Well, I'm sure we're going to be taking care of that, TalkZone.com. Hope everybody out there had an outstanding weekend. The football season is over. And, big dog, before we break down the uh, Super Bowl and all the intricacies, the national anthem, the coin flip, the commercials, everything surrounding the game, let me remind you, my friend, that it is just seven days till pitchers and catchers report. It's only seven days? It's good to know, Coach. Well, I think for the Cubs and White Sox, it's like 12 days. They're waiting a little bit more, but there are a couple teams that will be breaking wind. I mean, breaking camp in the next six, seven days. Pitchers and catchers will be reporting. Well, that's good to know. It's good to hear. It's time to turn the page and let's start talking some baseball, Coach. Oh, Goodness, that sounds awfully good to me, but we will talk a lot of football today. The Super Bowl, as advertised, Big Dog. It's not often that we, uh, both of us, collectively, most of the experts out there said, great matchup, should be an outstanding game, and it, uh, you know, feel free to disagree, but I thought it was a great matchup, and if not outstanding, it was uh, very good. Maybe an 8.5 out of 10, an outstanding football game for all of us to enjoy. Oh, it was a phenomenal game, Coach. I mean, it was uh, hard-hitting. Big plays, couple gaffes. Uh, the the big guys showed up. Some of the big guys didn't. It was uh, a, a lot to talk about, Coach. Thirty-one mm-hmm. twenty-five. Green Bay Packers win. We got a lot of listeners in the Wisconsin area. Big dog. A lot of Green Bay fans that listen to our show. Congrats to them, and uh, certainly for the fine folks in Pittsburgh. Disappointment for losing, but no shame. They had another uh, phenomenal season. Did you um? Uh, did you get flagged at any point in time during your party uh, for excessive celebration? Uh, I, I definitely was not celebrating at all. I was really? just watching the game like a normal person, Coach. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, normal person and you, we, we've discussed many things. Those terms are not typically used at the same time. But, uh, you know, for the time being, we'll go with normal person. Uh, speaking of excessive celebration, one of the first touchdowns of the game, one of the big plays of the game, the Nick Cowens interception off the uh, deflected pass off Roethlisberger. He breaks it in the end zone, scores the touchdown. Referee? Throws the flag for excessive celebrate for going down to his knees. Uh, yeah, you can't go to the ground, coach. What? That's coach. That's been that's been a, a penalty all year. They've been calling that all season long. You can't go to the ground in your celebration. What's wrong with going to the ground? Because they don't want people like laying down, acting like uh, they're in a centerfold, mm-hmm. or it's, it's it's been going. Do you remember when Mark Colombo and Jason Witten bumped chest this year and? And Jason went and fell down and hit the ground, or Mark Lumble fell down and hit the ground. They called excessive celebration on that because he fell down during the. That's ridiculous. And, that, and Mark Colombo, by the way, has a hell of a chest. You chest bump with him, you're going down. I can guarantee you that. But that could be the. I never knew that rule existed, and I'm here to say it's one of the most ridiculous NFL rules that I've ever heard of. I was actually watching the game at a place that didn't have the rewind. And okay. And uh, I was like, what did they call excessive celebration for? I yes. didn't know why they called it. So, uh, 
Yeah, really, because they went to the ground? That's uh, you, what it was? You didn't miss it because of the uh, lack of replay at the location. What the hell place were you watching a game at that didn't have a replay? Uh, I was in a – well, not a replay, but the rewind. Oh, button. the rewind. Okay, because there was it wouldn't have done you any good. Because I was watching intently, as you were, anticipating, well, what was the excessive celebration for? And, and they never showed it. Okay. They, they never showed it. So, uh, But you're telling me a guy goes down to his knees? And now, if you go to the ground whatsoever, Coach, that's ridiculous. Is a penalty. Yeah. Now, what, what, how did you describe it? Uh, you know, a guy lying down. I forgot what you said. If you go down to the ground and do something to overly showboat or embarrass the other team, that's excessive celebration flag. I got no problem with that at all. But simply the fact that you go to the ground, maybe you score the touchdown, you're tired, you drop to your knees, you pound your chest, you get up and you go to your bench, that's a penalty? Yeah, that, that would definitely that's, be a penalty, Coach. Get me, get, David Olson, our fine producer, hope you had a great weekend, my friend. Get me the uh, phone number, the text, the twit, whatever, of Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. Oh, that, rule, that rule will be changed in the next 24 hours if I have something to say about it. Do we have to meet with the Rules Committee for before Big Dog, or can me and uh, Roger Goodell settle it, the two of us? Uh, I, I think he'll actually listen to you, Coach. Yeah, all right. Well, he, really, he really respects your, uh, your football acumen. I think he does. I think he does. Speaking of Roger Goodell, by the way, before we uh, get past the Nick Collins interception and break down the rest of the ballgame, what did you think about the Roger Goodell news conference in particular? I'd like the question you asked, but I don't know for sure it was you or one of the other reporters, Big Dog, but I like the question that was asked about the 18-game schedule and his rather controversial remark. What did you think about that? Uh, I, I didn't know what he said, to be honest with you, because there was uh, a really tall reporter in front of me that was blocking <laughs> my hearing. What was her name? Uh, I, I'm not uh, Ming Lee. <laughs> not her again, please. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. How's things going with Ming Lee, by the way? Up, down? I, I, I haven't seen Ming Lee in a while. But, ah. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was out with the, the girlfriend last night watching the game and, and trying to explain a first down during the Super Bowl is not typically what I like to do. But it was a good time. I had a blast watching it with her. So. Interesting. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm a little disappointed it wasn't with Ming Lee. You moved on. But uh, I thought Ming Lee was the girlfriend. No, you're getting confused, Coach. Who's the massage therapist? There was no massage therapist, Coach. That was that was just a misunderstanding. That really ah. wasn't a relationship, Coach. It was more of an infatuation. Okay. All right. But, yeah, yeah no, there was no actual relationship. Well, remember, me. during the year 2011, our new rules on the talks on you, Big Dog, are allowed three infatuations. So you apparently have already used one. You now have two infatuations left and 11 months to use them. I don't want to see you get down to November and December. And like Lovey Smith and the Bears, not have any infatuations left. So please, save your infatuations if you could. That was 2010, Coach. That does not count for this year. Just because I brought it up this year does not mean it counts for okay. this year. Outstanding. But I still have the three left. That is outstanding. We digress. And uh, if you're a regular listener to the TalkZone.com show, two guys and a mic, we tend to regularly digress right from the start of the show, but we'll attempt to prevent that particular analysis from happening. Big Dog, uh, again, final score 31-25. Green Bay up big early as the Steelers came back in the second half. Did you have the feeling that uh, it was eminent that the Steelers would come back, or did you still feel, eh, you know what, Green Bay's still pretty much in control? When it was 21-3, I guaranteed they'd come back and win. So when it was 21-17, yes, I was definitely feeling like it was imminent that they were coming back. Besides so. hunch, besides feel, what did you see out there as a football technician? What did you see that made you believe the, the Steelers would eventually overcome the pack? 
the fact that uh, the, the Steelers are doing a great job offensively is starting to mix it up. They were, you know, they were really pounding it at uh, Green Bay, getting some big runs, and then they were, you know, taking it down the field against the second and third string cornerbacks. So uh, I really liked their offensive game plan, and then all of a sudden they would fumble. Mm-hmm. Boy, and speaking Great of offensive game plan, now they won the game. So all's well that ends well, but did you think that Green Bay uh, abandoned the run way too early or just in general abandoned it? I thought James Starks was running pretty well. you got to pass the ball, you know, maybe two-thirds to one-third, but, boy, I thought the Packers just totally got rid of the run. I thought that was a mistake, even though they won the game. Yeah, that, that was that was what I told you on Friday, remember, Coach? I said they were going to throw the ball every yeah. down, and they, they did the right thing. And, and you know, I'm all about. I'd rather run the ball. I, I, I love running the ball. I, 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 that's how I think you're supposed to win football games. But you can't run against Pittsburgh. You just can't do it. Well, so just figure out a way to protect your quarterback and start flinging it all over the field, especially when you have the best quarterback in the NFL right now, Coach. Is that too bad? Is it too? No. He's the reigning Super Bowl champion, so you, mm-hmm. he, you can actually throw the argument out there. He is the best. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I think he's the hottest, anyways. I think you know, for one game right now, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady just got fifty out of fifty votes for your most valuable player in the league. So yeah, one could argue there, but let's not get into semantics there. But but big dog, I'm gonna take issue with you. You can't run on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Packers, they only ran the ball ten times, but the, you know what? They, they ran fairly effectively. James well, Starks had a couple of nice pickups. Yeah, he did, but it's. Some of that had to do with the simple fact that if you you should get some big chunks out of the running game when you only do it once every eight plays. Like, what, they're running? You know, so that that's why they were effective in running the ball, Coach, was mm-hmm. the fact that they threw it every down. It was like it was it was a, just like the simple fact that when you were Oklahoma in the 1980s, there one or two pass plays a game that they would actually have were going to score a touchdown because they didn't throw the ball that much. That was the only reason why. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers were effective in the running game. Okay, well, you called that. You predicted that would be the Packers' game plan, and it was. Uh, by the way, folks, you want to check in? little Super Bowl talk here on the two guys that a Mike show. Again, I hope everybody out there had a, a great weekend, sports and or otherwise. Thank you so much for joining us here on the TalkZone.com, our little quiet that nobody knows about sports talk show out here on the Internet. Uh, our phone number, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. Big Dog and a Coach at your service for one hour each and every weekday. That's what we do here are the two guys at a mic show. Um, 31-25, Packers pull it out. I think one of the final questions I asked you, Big Dog, in analyzing the game, final two minutes. And which quarterback do you feel more confident in making that final drive? And I think your answer was Ben Roethlisberger. I did say Ben Roethlisberger but, only because I've seen him do it, and, and yep. I hadn't seen Aaron Rodgers do it. Well, I got to say something. <laughs> that was wrong. It, it was Absolutely. kind of interesting how it, it, it came down to that moment, didn't it? Two minutes yeah. left. Exactly. Two minutes left, length of the field to go because of the penalty. And, and here an comes idiot, the, by the way. What an idiot. Yep. Yeah, you don't. you don't make that kind of penalty one could argue the referee could have held the flag there possibly but either way as a special teams player you don't give the referee a chance even to make that bad call that was not good okay you know sometimes you have the 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 wisdom of a child you know you hear that sometimes they say stuff that is just so right on okay well uh, something you know a girl from hong kong who asked questions like why isn't the ball round okay the questions like this this is what she says after that play 
doesn't that guy get to hit people on every play? Why would he have to hit the person after the play? That's an excellent point. You play the game of football. You don't hit people after the whistle. You're supposed mm-hmm. to hit them during the whistle. It's a violent game. I, like If you flip out in basketball or baseball and punch somebody, I understand that. But in football, you get to hit people when you're in the game. There's no reason to hit people after the play. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was just right on. Right on. I was like, yeah. Maybe he didn't no, hear the whistle. Well, Maybe he no, didn't hear the whistle. It was I a see. shove while people were running onto the field. Mm-hmm. Right in front of the ref. What was the ref supposed to not call it? It was. Yeah. There was the ref was in a. I understand what you're saying. It's really because it basically put the Steelers in a point where it made a drive almost impossible at that point because it was inside the 15. But it's right in front of the official on the on the Packers sideline. It's going to get called 99% of the time, and it should be so. Great, great performance by the uh, Green Bay Packer defense. And, uh, you, you know, if, once you put the victory in perspective, Big Dog, and people are talking about it today, it's an amazing story how the Green Bay Packers were able to overcome all of the injuries this year. I think 15 guys in the injured reserve list over the course of the year, different guys filling in, guys stepping up when their opportunity came and becoming stars. And then, of course, the great Packer run when they really – couldn't lose a game starting with two games left in the regular season. And they won those two and then win, boom, 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 four straight games against quality opponents to win it all. It's a tremendous story. But uh, you talk about some of those unsung heroes within the Super Bowl itself. Charles Woodson, arguably, maybe not arguably, one of their top three MVPs and maybe their defensive MVP despite the presence of Clay Matthews. He goes down. Another one of their DBs, Shields, goes down in the Super Bowl, and they still find a way to win. You talk about a team that was resilient. Yeah, it, it, absolutely, Coach. If you get, you know, a team can deal with two injuries during a game. Uh, it, it can happen. But it's the same position, mind you. So you that really hurts your depth. And you're, and, and you're talking about you're going out, out there with free agents, guys that were signed off the street. You know, those guys are playing huge roles in the biggest game of the year. Mm-hmm. So you, you really got to just tip your hat to the – to the Packers front office because they were able to find these players, Coach. Mm-hmm. They were able to go out there and, and find quality backups that you didn't miss a beat when they when they got signed or yeah. when, they, when they go get their time to play. Jordy Nelson is an example of that, too. But, uh, you know, you talk a couple of injuries on defense, sometimes that happens. But Charles Woodson is not just an injury. Charles Woodson is a difference maker. He's the Again, Clay Matthews was number two MVP. I would still argue Charles Woodson is the heart the soul, the, the single biggest different maker on that defense, and he was out for over half the game. So that was a huge injury on top of all the other ones they had, and still they were able to hold up. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. You're putting it exactly right. Mm-hmm. It was uh, – when you do that, they deserve to be the Super Bowl champions. They really do. Who knows how good they would have been all year long if Ryan Grant and Michael Finley and all the other guys were healthy all season. Mm-hmm. So. Nick Barrett, their outstanding linebacker. Who would you yeah. like in the – who would you like in the Packer run to it? Again, they beat, I think it was the Giants and the Bears to finish the regular season, and, and mm-hmm. they had to win both those games just to make the playoffs. They get in as the number six seed, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, one big win after another against good teams, Philadelphia, Atlanta, the Bears, and then the Steelers. What an unbelievable run. Other sports underdog teams, teams that came in at low seeds that got on a roll as their not necessarily football, Big Dog. Other sports you could compare this pack or run with? The, the first one I will compare it to is the 05 Steelers. You know, they were the sixth seed. And, and do you remember the 05 Steelers? That was the year that the, 
the Bears had a chance at setting the fewest points allowed record in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the Bears go to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was not going to be in the playoffs at that point. They beat the Bears, won the next four games, and then won all four games in the playoffs. They had a nine-game winning streak to win the Super Bowl. And with the, with the week before they played the Bears, it looked like their season was done. And Bill Cowher wins his only Super Bowl championship that year. Mm-hmm. So, that means that's, that's definitely one of them. Um, uh, if you look at uh, <laughs> maybe the 1980 uh, Olympic hockey team, a run like that's, that. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's... That's a, I don't know if I can level. pull off that. Do you know what I started to think about a little bit? Uh, it, for a team getting hot, maybe not the best team, but just for a team getting hot and playing unbelievably well at the end of the year, how about our very own Chicago White Sox? Well, if you think what happened to the White Sox, the White Sox had the huge lead in 05. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of September, they started flat-out choking. Okay. And with 10 games left in the season, it looked like they were going to not make the playoffs, and all of a sudden, Ozzie Gian started bashing the team, and I was like, I remember making a call from New York because uh, I was doing the stuff that Schwab stuff that day, and I went off on Gian. I'm like, you know, this team is reeling right now. You don't want to call out their character and all that stuff. Give them a little confidence boost. Next thing I know, 10 days later, they cruise into the playoffs. I mean, they, they won every game after that, and then during the playoffs, what, they went 11-1, and yeah. I believe, Coach. Yeah. And I don't think they were the best team, but they clearly were at that point the hottest team. And uh, you know, so apparently, you're right. As I look back on it, they different than the Packers. They came into the playoffs on a different momentum swing, but um, the the streak that they got and just the, how hot they were in their playoff run it almost reminds me of our very own Chicago White Sox World Series run. But congratulations, Green Bay Packers, Wisconsin fans out there. You want to uh, check in? We'd love to hear from you. Celebrate right here on the TalkZone.com, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, after a night of partying and revelry, I can't think of a better place to celebrate than right here with you on the Two Guys in a Mic show. Uh, I appreciate that, Coach. And, you know, yeah, I, w- I was thinking during the game last night, you know, like our predictions and stuff that went on before and mm-hmm. – uh, yeah, we should, we need to watch a Super Bowl game together because you and I will actually watch the game. Yes. Like, yes. You know, like during halftime, you know, I, I dart out and disappear, but I actually watch the game. Mm-hmm. I watch the commercials. I watch it all, Coach. Yeah, well, the party I was at, I got to compliment the fine folks at the party. Uh, pretty focused in on the game. Not a lot of uh, side talk. There was an upstairs TV, downstairs TV. The upstairs TV was a little bit more for the, uh, you know, social hours. So I was downstairs pretty well protected. We used to have a lot of... Well, we still have a lot of kids that come to the party, but the kids aren't five, six, seven, eight, nine anymore. Now they're gotcha. 14, 15, 16, 17. We did have a heated argument, though, Big Dog. Surprisingly, I was not in the middle of it. But uh, high school football playing son, who's an all-conference offensive lineman, getting into a near fisticuff battle with his dad, Glenview George. And here's the argument, and you would know now. They were saying an offensive line. <laughs> with his hands inside his body, inside his shoulders, uh-huh. is, is allowed to hold as long as the hand, the uh, all-conference lineman playing high school football, is arguing that that's legal. Yeah, he let that go, and the dad is yelling, no, that's holding, that's absolutely a hold. What, uh, According to the book? Absolutely. Absolutely what? The, you can do that. If you are inside, the, the exact term is you can do whatever you want as long as your hands are inside the framework. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine this, Coach. Imagine you're holding on, like, right underneath the dude's armpits. That is legal. Now, imagine by the, that. By the book or just by referees? The by the book. 
by the book, by the, what the re- referee yeah. are not supposed to call that a hold. Okay. You can, you can hold. Okay. Now here's the difference. Say all of a sudden that guy, the defender breaks out. Yes. That was my next you question. You hold on and now you're still holding on and you're like, then it's a hold. But as long as you have control with your arms straight out in front of you, you can grab Jersey if you want to. Interesting. It is, the, the difference of hold is, uh, now I'm, uh, see, you can grab the framework of a mm-hmm. person okay. as long as your arms are straight out in front of you. Okay. But if you impede the defender's progress, you're not impeding the progress mm-hmm. when you're holding somebody straight out in front of you. Very interesting. Do you, do you, under, do you, under, do you understand? I do. The, the I'm, I'm shocked yeah. that, uh, that after all my years of watching football, I thought that was sort of an unwritten rule that they don't call that, but I had no idea that that's actually the technical rule. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. That, it isn't whether you're actually holding a jersey. It's whether or not right. you're impeding the defender's progress. And, right. and and by the way, I have no. Obviously, this guy's probably a little bit older. That rule changed. The rule, and this is why I know, <laughs> coach, because okay, I played varsity football under Pete Benfield as a freshman. Sophomore year, same thing. I played tight end, and we had a block. We all we did was run the ball. Mm-hmm. Before my junior year, it was changed, where you can block with your hands. Okay, it was my junior year because before you had to keep your arms in and like throw your elbows out. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. do the old, hey, we're blocking like it's 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 nineteen forty seven. Do you know what I'm talking about, Coach? The, I do. Like the flying key block. With, you had to have your hands in, like balled up in a fist. And uh, like you're giving somebody a forearm shiver. Mm-hmm. That was all you can do. And the, the rule changed in 1988. Hmm. National Football League season. rules expert Joel Redwanski joining us in the show. Good clarification there. I will tell you, whatever the rule was, we almost had uh, father-on-son, or actually it was more son-on-father violence. I had to uh, – you'd be very proud of me, though, big dog. I remained calm and in the middle of the argument, basically, because I had no idea who was right. I wish you would have I wish you would have called me I up. I should have. Uh, and you, you know – yeah, I want I want that high school player on my team now. He's a hothead. That's good. He knows the rules. <laughs> yep. That's another thing. Yep. He's an offensive lineman with some passion. Yep. I like it, coach. About six like feet, it. six feet four and a half inches tall. We just got to put a, some beef on him, and he could be a Division One football player. But that's uh, for another story. Uh, yeah. How about the uh, your party, big dog? First of all, were you hosting or were you on the road for the Super Bowl party? I was on the road. On the road. Uh, downtown uh staying at the the filipino nurses place interesting and uh <laughs> i gotta tell you something it was it, it is quite an elaborate setup she's got over here mm-hmm. so i was watching the game by with only one person and even i can tell you who i was with at every super bowl ever what was going on at the party mm-hmm. so uh you know the, hopefully everything worked out because you know i'll have to remind this person of, of of stuff that happened so it's good let's go coach all right paint the picture uh give me the food spread what was the uh Incredible edibles for the big dog on a Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, we did go to uh, Experience before, and then we went shopping and went to went to Jewel. Experience. Probably a good idea to get totally stuffed with food before we Let's actually. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm starting to get a little Jewel. concerned, David Olson. That you know, big dog has had many flings over the years. I'm starting to get concerned that this possible relationship might be a step beyond Super Bowl Sunday. Is not. Hosting his usual party at the United Nations, he's no, not true. Yeah. on the road with a bunch of other party animals. He's solo at the abode of his young lady. He goes out in the morning to experience for breakfast. Don't bash the experience. Good restaurant. I understand yeah, it is. that. It's good. That's... I understand. Nothing. This is not an insult to experience. I'm just talking about the big dog on Super Bowl Sunday going to quote unquote the experience and then going shopping. 
with the girlfriend. Big dog, you're starting to concern me. This does not sound like the big dog I've come to know and love on occasion. Well, I, I think she's going to dump me. This morning, she wasn't too happy with me. What happened? Oh, I, I don't want to get all into that, you, but let's just, say, let's just say I'm not exactly sure why she was mad at me, and that's why she's mad at me. Was it because you rolled over and called out the name of Nick Barrett in the middle of the night? Uh, no, it was B.J. Raji. <laughs> By the way, I love B.J. Raji's comment. He goes, um, I'm so, oh, what did he say? I'm so happy. I feel like the world. I, oh, I feel like I'm on top of the world. And I felt like coming back and saying, boy, if you are, the world is in bad shape right now. Yeah, Atlas is really, he's about to drop the thing if you're on top of <laughs> oh, it. Oh, B.J. Raji's a big fella. Who's the big dude from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, too, who threw his helmet down to the ground a couple of times? What's his name? Casey Hampton. I would love to see those two guys go at it in a wrestling ring. Uh, they they probably need to go. I told you he was bigger than B.J. Raji. I was right about that. Well, they list B.J. Raji at 337. I, yeah. I don't think so. They list Casey Hampton at 328. Casey Hampton's th- about 173 of the 328 is his head. That might be one of the biggest heads I've ever seen. B.J. Raji, if you look at him, big dog, actually has an uncomfortably small head on a huge body. These are the kind of things I observed during the Super Bowl. Yeah, the helmet actually evens out his body a little bit. He should walk around with that thing. <laughs> 888-463-6748. lines open. Talk about the Super Bowl postgame show here. Big Dog and a coach at your service up until 11 o'clock. Again, 888 Other things you saw, Big Dog. I took notes on the game, by the way. All of my notes that I took on the game. Uh-huh. Are still are still at the house that I went to. Thank you very much. So uh, well, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Uh, uh, like the some things went along historically with football. Like if you turn the ball over, you're gonna lose. And some things didn't go historically with football. Like you got to be balanced. You got to run the ball. No, I guess you don't have to. If we have a quarterback who cannot be stopped, I guess you don't have to run the ball whatsoever anymore. So yeah, my theory, by the way, of uh, outdoors. I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers indoors. Aaron Rodgers, the way he's throwing the football now indoors, it's just, you know, you blitz him, and he's going to burn you more often than not. And if you don't blitz him and you give him time, he's going to pick out. The thing is, you can still cover the receivers. Defensive backs can do a great job covering Big Dog. If he's got time and he's on his game, which he has been of late, he will hit that receiver even, you know, when he's double covered. His arm is that strong and he's that accurate. So he had, he had five drop passes, and yes. his numbers were still incredible yesterday. Yes, coach. I was going to mention that. His stats were good, but, boy, his receivers receivers made some nice catches. But, boy, they dropped uh, a would-be touchdown. Jordy Nelson dropped a couple of balls. His stats could have been in the stratosphere if his receivers played at a high level. You know, that's, it, it, it's, that was probably the only play that was bad yesterday was by the receivers on both teams because, like, uh, Mendenhall's, Mendenhall's fumble, come on. I mean, he was getting hit in the legs and got drilled right on the ball by somebody else, you know, on that play. And, and uh, you know, I'm pulling for the guy from Skokie, the guy from Illinois, and I'm not making any excuses. You, you, you don't fumble. But those are one of those situations where you're like, yeah, that was, I could see how you can fumble. But you can think about Roethlisberger's interception. Mike Wallace, come back to the football. Who are you, Mushi Muhammad and Rex Grossman throwing at the ball in the Super Bowl? You just sit there and like legitimately, Coach. If the ball's obviously overthrown and he doesn't come back and fight for it, this is the last football game of the year. Go back to the football and act like you want it 
And then Mike Wallace, another drop pass. The Steelers had a couple drop passes. And, and like you said, at least five drop passes. And we're not talking tough catches. Aaron Rodgers was hitting people when the ball would have hit him in the chin, and they're dropping the ball. Yeah. Jordy Nelson had what? What's that? Besides the receivers, I thought everybody on the field played well yesterday. Yeah, it was was, as we predicted. Great game. Going to be a close game. Two teams playing at a high level. Who was the kid? I think it was Jones for the Packers who dropped the ball that probably would have gone 45 more yards for a touchdown for the Green Bay Packers. Was that James Jones? It is James Jones. He had two drops yesterday. And for the first time, he's been dropping balls all postseason and near the end of the regular season. He will not be a Green Bay Packer next year, Coach. Mm -hmm. I'm just going out on a a limb and saying Mm -hmm. that. And Aaron Rodgers never showed any – he never got upset. You know, when he kept telling, like, in the media and on the sidelines, don't worry, I'm going to keep coming to you. The last one, the one that you're talking about, he, like, undid his – uh, chin strap and like pumped his fist and scream. So I, I, he's on. <laughs> so I guess there comes a point where you keep on being, hey, it's all right, it's all right. You know, we're a team. Don't worry about it. I'll get your back. And eventually it's like, no, it's too much. Dude, you, you can't keep dropping balls. And they didn't throw him another ball the rest of the game, by the way. No. To be fair, James Jones has made some big catches during the playoff run, too. I don't want to insult all the Joneses out there. We do have a lot of Joneses that listen to our show, Big Dog. In fact, our studies show Jones is third on our list of last names that listen to the show. I think what? Smith is second, and I believe Bejani is first. Okay, good. Yeah, we're very big in the Middle East. Uh, all right, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, I want to uh, check in with the big dog and David Olson, our producer, our media expert on things like the halftime show, the coin flip, the commercials, some of the sidelines to the game. We'll get back to the game itself as well. It's the coach. And the big dog, producer extraordinaire, David Olson, also 888-463-6748. You can be part of this semi-dysfunctional show as well. Dial up. Give us a call back in about 38 seconds. Don't go anywhere. to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Big dog got an email during the break. Apparently, Cinemax Cindy heard about the uh, morning after difficulties you had with your girlfriend. She emails in, tell Joel he can eat crackers in my bed anytime. Well, you tell her I won't be in her bed. I definitely won't be eating crackers and. Everything's going to be fine between the girlfriend and I. Wow. Wow, there's a shutdown from the big dog. Very good. Very good. I'm a little worried about the Cinemax Cindy coach. I am, too. It sounds like a nice girl. Nice girl. Her, her and Baltimore Barbara, I think, are your two uh, designated stalkers. But as you know, big dog, you you haven't really reached full acclaim. You haven't reached that great fame until you've had a couple of stalkers. And you have them, my friend. I'm a little jealous. Uh, well, the coach, uh, I'll do whatever it takes to keep these stalkers. Yeah, so I've got one one guy named Brad who appears to be interested in me, but it's just not quite the same. 
I, I completely understand, it, it, <laughs> especially since he's bigger and faster than you, Coach. It's, Actually, it's no, Brad sent his picture. He's a good-looking guy. He's very, uh, very short, very attractive gentleman. Thank you very much. Um, a beat the Schmoes, big dog, pretty much went the way the season has been going. David Olson, our producer, first time beat the Schmoller. I don't know how you talked to David, uh, big dog. He had a rough year. Predictions went awry. What consoling words? He picked the Steelers. And the under, what can you say to David? Oh, no. I don't know. I picked the Packers. I picked the Packers in the under. I did. Well, who picked the Steelers in the under? I, I don't have think no anybody idea, did. I picked, I picked the Steelers in the over. Green Bay. All right. I got Dave down for Green Bay in the under. Right. Oh, Green Bay in the under. Okay. Green Bay in the under. All so. right. So you went one on one. Yes, I did. Very good. Very good. And Big Dog, you picked Pittsburgh. You lost on that one. But you did, uh, along with the Australian Open, you went with the Ovis. Yeah, and that's, uh, that is like legitimately, coach, I, I loved that bet. If I was still gambling, I would have put down my mortgage payment on the over in that game. Mm-hmm. Even though you had, uh, statistically, two of the best defenses in the game. Yeah, well, that's the thing. When you get a great defense, when your team has a great defense and the other team has a great defense, you're willing to try and score points. And you're also going to get a lot better field position and you're mm-hmm. most likely going to get a return touchdown. All that played out. Yeah, so. and as, as great as Aaron Rodgers in the passing game was, three of their scores, Big Dog, all three touchdowns or three of the touchdowns came after a turnover. So, in a sense, the great defense actually added to the OVA, not the under. Yes, exactly. Absolutely, Coach. Interesting. Interesting. All right, uh, I aced the test, Big Dog. This is my best year ever. Um, beat the Schmoes. I picked uh, Green Bay and the over, so I finished the season at 36-21 and 21 against the spread. Pretty damn impressive. Wow. Wow! Really? Best year ever, Coach. That's that's like sixty-two percent. percent. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, no money was put on it, so I didn't uh, qualify or I didn't gain monetarily. But uh, I've got the pride and prestige of knowing I was this year's beat the Schmoes winner. It's going to be tough next Friday, Doug. When this not next Friday, this Friday comes along, and we will not be able to preview it as a football Friday. Difficult moment for both me and you. I completely understand, Coach. That's, uh, wow. Uh, I mean, I, 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 when I gave up gambling with real money uh, yep. a while back, it was very difficult for me for years. Mm-hmm. It still is. But, uh, you'll be able to, you'll be able to battle through. Yeah. Now, technically, what I finished one game above 500 for the year. Yes. Which is technically in real money, it's losing. I would have lost money. 28 and 27. But I'm more worried about this coming Friday, Big Dog. We have no football to talk about. Any chance you can, uh, by Friday, give me a breakdown of the top 15 outside linebacker uh, possibilities for the NFL draft. Uh, I have no problem with that, Coach. Okay. I actually will. I've been breaking them down. But uh, <laughs> I've been looking more at uh, offensive tackles, okay, cornerbacks, and defensive tackles. Interesting. So that, that's what the Bears need. Okay. Outside linebacker, they're, they're doing pretty well at that position right mm-hmm. now considering Nick Roach is a backup on the team. Right. Well, it won't be an official football Friday, but maybe this Friday as part of our withdrawal pains. David Olson, our producer, with permission, April 13th, the NFL draft. Don't want to forget about that. Maybe we'll do a little preview of the NFL draft. We'll break down offensive tackles and the, and the like, uh, just as a way of giving a little withdrawal to our Fridays with no more football. Big dog. Okay, we'll figure something out, Coach. Yeah. Okay, I would enjoy it. We don't have it until September. I mean, it's almost seven full months with no football. Uh, pitchers. Could be longer than that. Ooh. Well, we have college football. 
I do at least. Yep. But uh, yeah, and, and that is a good point. And I forgot to even think about that yesterday, uh, Dave Olson, when uh, during the game. You know, I, we were supposed to sit back and reflect and realize this might be the last NFL game we see for a while, Coach. I honestly have not even thought about the lockout in more than 24 hours. I mean, it didn't even yep. enter my mind yesterday until until Dave just said that. Seriously. Good. I'm sure Roger Goodell and the NFL people would be happy with that. That's exactly what they wanted, distracted thought process. By the way, what, uh, getting back to the original thought at the start of the show, what did you think about Roger Goodell saying that uh, they're pushing right now, anyways, leaning towards having an 18-game regular season? What do you think about that? Uh, well, for the fans, it's great. I've been more than happy to get two more weeks of, of uh, NFL games. You know, that's, you know that, that's, ooh, that's 32 games overall, if you think about it. 16 teams. Not too much? 16. But really, do they want to do it? Are they going to start taking care of these guys health-wise? You know, 18, two football games extra on a season. I mean, that's these guys are already banged up. I, I, I don't know. I think it is too much, Coach. Think about mm-hmm. it. If you're a wild-card winner, yeah. you would have played, including the preseason games, 26 football games in a year. Mm-hmm. The problem is, for money purposes, they got to have – the 20 games. The problem Roger Goodell states is that uh, uh, a large majority of the fans are complaining about you know the quality of preseason games, having to pay full ticket prices for the four preseason games. Roger Goodell says we're listening to the fans. It's all about the fans. We're going to take two of those games and make them part of the regular season. Well, to me, the best solution is to keep the four preseason games, but maybe charge fans not just a little bit less, but a lot less for the preseason game. I don't know if they can do that financially, Big Dog. That would seem to be the logical answer. It, it does, because uh, are they really trying to tell us that the, the money that they earn is from uh, ticket prices anyways? It's merchandising and TV contracts. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, do, do they really need to charge people full price for those games? I think that's the biggest complaint, don't you? Yeah. I don't think the fans hate the four preseason games. It's the fact that part of their package when they buy their season tickets they got to get the preseason game and they're charged 100 150 200 bucks for those games as well and it might be an opportunity you offer for 20 25 dollars big dog um, for some folks to take their family to the game even though it's not a regular season game that otherwise couldn't afford to could be a win-win situation it's an excellent idea if you really want to uh to make Football, something where, you know, trust me, I think the reason why I love baseball so much, Coach, is because my dad used to take me to games and I was five, and I remember that. Yep. You know, I remember going, if you really want football to be, like, part of traditions and stuff, make sure everybody can go to the games, okay? that's Even if it is a preseason game, that's it would be cool to see a, you know, mm-hmm. a family that doesn't have a lot of money be able to take a you know, there are three kids to the game. So. All right. Well, again, Roger Goodell, not all the time, but on occasion does listen to our show. Hopefully he's listening. Already in today's show, we've given him advice on the uh, 18-game schedule and on an NFL rule that needs to be abolished, and that's the excessive celebration dropping down to your knees. So hopefully Roger's listening. If not, his lovely wife, Lois Goodell, or uh, at the very least, possibly his Uncle Charlie, Charlie Goodell, a quality Uncle listener. Charlie, named after a curveball coach? Huh? Uncle Charlie? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Charlie. Okay. Uncle Charlie Goodell. 888-463-6748. We're talking Super Bowl and more here on the Two Guys at a Mic show. David Olson, our media critic. Let's talk uh, uh, commercials. Let's talk the halftime show. I saw very little 
of the halftime show. I saw a lot of the commercials, but uh, David, your thoughts? Uh, unfortunately, I can't unwatch that halftime show. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. What? It was brutal. What was brutal about it? They're just I. I personally feel that the Black Eyed Peas are like a pox on music in general. Uh, and minus minus the production values, it was like people doing karaoke up there. Mm-hmm. It was, and, and the the fact that they had Fergie trying to sing "Sweet Child of Mine," it was an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The slash popped out of a pop door, uh, a trap door. Seriously, <laughs> you know, there he is. Ooh, and they did "Sweet Child of Mine." It was like, which I think was just just as an f you to Axel. I think that's the only reason he did it. Is that is okay? I have no problem with that, but I also had no idea how much better of a voice he had compared to her. She was horrible. It was horrible. The best, the the, the best guy in the Black Eyed Peas, the guy who doesn't sing it, the little tiny Filipino dude, the fat guy with the mohawk. Yeah, uh, even him I like. You can keep the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty bad. All right, so we got two thumbs down for the halftime show. Did you switch channels? I wanted to, but I didn't. You know, I was uh, on the road, so I didn't have my home TV. But uh, the Barack Obama interview with Bill O'Reilly, do we have any report on that? It was actually really good. I mean, O'Reilly tried to corner him, but uh, Obama's smooth. What, what channel was He's that smooth. on? That was on Fox News. Fox News. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've got the they've got the interview up, and uh, they're actually going to play part two tonight because he stayed okay. longer. Can I YouTube it? Uh, probably not. You could probably go to Fox News Fox. and watch it. Yeah. Okay. I gotta check. It's that all. Out. It's all over the internet. Most uh, most it, news aggregates have it. Did not get contentious at all. Uh, no. Well, I mean, O'Reilly did ask some tough questions, mm-hmm. but you know, Obama's hard to okay. corner. He's hard to corner. Yeah. We asked David what uh, happened with the O'Reilly Obama interview, and now we asked the Big Dog uh, during halftime. How was the lingerie bowl on the other channel, Big Dog? No, I didn't watch the lingerie bowl. <laughs> I actually had my own halftime show, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, so. hey, ho, blue 42 red, split left, split left, in motion, set, set, hut, 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 hey. I want to give my halftime an wow. A+. plus. Wow. Phenomenal. But I did I did hear Fergie screeching out with Sweet Child of Mine, so I did have to, like, fuck <laughs> my neck and look in the other room to, to hear what the heck that was. I thought somebody was killing a pig uh. at the time. <laughs> Oh, oh boy, I'm sure they're thrilled to hear that. Now, if you talk about the commercial, yes, um, you know, typically every year there's like a commercial I love, and uh, what everybody else, everybody says, oh, they love it. I thought it was a stupid commercial. This year, what I thought was by far the best commercial, hands down. Everybody else is saying the same thing about it. Do you know which one I'm talking about, Coach? No. The BMW, the kid in the Darth Vader suit. No, that was Volkswagen, and I told Volkswagen. Coach. Friday, that was going to be the best commercial. What, which one was it? Though? It was the kid in the Darth Vader costume yeah. who was walking around the house trying to use the Force on everything. Yeah. You and didn't then, like that, Coach? Uh, the whole Star Wars, Darth Vader, the whole big production things automatically turned me off. Uh, in a word, big no. It, it, it wasn't was a big production. It was it was a it was like a five year old in a Darth Vader costume walking around yeah. the house. It wasn't a big production at all. It wasn't. It wasn't. Did, did, did you do you know the one we're talking about? Well, possibly not. It's the it it David. You think it was the best one? I, I, I yeah, it, yeah, I did. I did. I shouted, laughed. I laughed so hard when, at the end of that. So what ha- what happened at the end? Well, well he, he was, go ahead, Dave. Okay, he's walking around the house. It's a little kid in a Darth Vader costume. He's trying to use the Force. He's trying to move his toys around, mm-hmm. trying to open doors, trying to you know just pick things up, and 
he's all dejected and everything, and his daddy comes home from work and leaves the car in the driveway. So he walks out there, and he goes, and he uses the force on the car, and the car automatically starts up and flashes into the kitchen, and there's his dad standing in the window with his mom, and he'd used the auto start on his key fob. So the kid thought he started the car with the force. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it, it, like, describing it definitely does not give it justice, even though Dave did it perfect. I, it, it's, uh, Coach, I legitimately, like, because the way the look on the kid's face when he turned his head, like, I started the car. <laughs> Phenomenal. Overall, a big dog, David Olson. Overall, commercials compared to previous years. Your analysis? I thought it was a particularly good year. There were a lot of good commercials this year. I did too. The when the Doritos guy licked the fingers of the other guy. (laughs) That was good. Well, the the other one, the house sitting one. Oh yeah. What's what's the house sitting one? Well, he's like the guy. He's at his buddy's house, and his uh, friend's going on vacation. He's like, okay, just remember to uh, uh, feed feed the fish and water the plants. And this is on Sunday. (laughs) And then they switch to Thursday. And the guy kind of likes it. Somebody's like, oh, no, and the fish is, like, dead, and the plants are dead. So he just starts sprinkling Doritos in there. (laughs) And the fish grows, like, huge size, and the plant comes back. And then I've heard... Then he like had sprinkled some Doritos in the ashes of his father, and yes, his father and came back to life. A little weird at the end there with the father back to life. I do remember. Yeah, they just show one. the urn getting broke, and then next, and he's like, "Oh, oh no. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he and, broke the urn and he sprinkled Doritos on the urn." And then they they turn and the, the the guy like he, he drops his mouth and he's like, "Grandpa." <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would disagree with both of you. I thought overall the commercials uh, weaker than normal, and quite frankly, the, I thought the best one was the first one. The very first commercial when the game had started, the Budweiser commercial, with the guy who had redecorated the kitchen. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. You got the Bud Light. You haven't done anything with the kitchen. It was was called Hack Job is the name of that one for Bud Light. And then the kicker to to it after the the kitchen scene, when they looked outside the window into the backyard, there's two Budweiser trucks, and they're laying six packs on the ground. And the guy points outside and goes, oh, look, the landscapers are here. I thought that was the best of the bunch. Yeah, they had that one, and then they had the one, the product placement one, where they had like the. Oh, the product placement one was a great Bud Light one. Yeah. Where yeah. they're the they start putting. <laughs> it's like what? Well, it's a director, and they pan across the scene, and there's like a product sitting there. He's like, "What's that?" He's like, "Oh, it's product placement. We do that. We get tons of free stuff." So he just there's like Bud Light in every single scene. <laughs> And it's like it's like a medieval uh-huh. like knights movie, okay. and they're crashing through w- Bud Light windows, and their neon signs is just ridiculous. Making fun of the uh, the, the product placement thing. I uh, cannot believe Groupon did what they did. By the way, I what, cannot believe they did that. I cannot believe it either. What did Groupon do? They they had they were making fun of like dire situations, and like turning. They were like, uh, we must be really concerned with the people of Tibet. Their culture is being wiped out. And we are a group on really care. And, and, and that's why you get half off if you go to Himalayan restaurant in Chicago. Yeah, it was very, very poor taste. Yeah. And they're, they're, get, they're getting raked over the coals for that this morning. And well, deservedly so, yeah. They are. A, deservedly so. That commercial you can do late night because it would have been kind of funny. In the Super Bowl, you can't do that because you have a bunch of highfalutin people that don't normally watch football that are just watching it for the commercials, and they were mm-hmm. probably insulted. Uh, another company that had two particularly good ads were Bridgestone Tires. Yep. I don't remember that one. Okay, the, the first one was, it was two guys sitting in an office, and a guy sends an email to the other guy. He's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you all. hit reply all, and the guy freaks out, and he, they show him 
running everywhere to like take people's computers. Had nothing to do with tires, but it was clever. Well, no, they kept showing him in the car, and the car screeching around. Yes, he was going. He was yeah. driving like a madman. Yeah, and then he gets back to the office. Oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. You just sent it to me after all. <laughs> and then the second one was with the uh, beaver. There's a guy. There's a. I love be- beaver. As do we all. But there's a, there's a beaver, and he's dragging a, a like a branch across the street, wet road. A guy sees him, jams on his brake, and just stops right in front of the beaver, saves his life. So uh, about six months later, it's a terrible rainstorm. Same guy's driving down the same road, and a tree falls in his path. A guy screeches on the brakes, comes to a screaming halt. Right in front of him, the bridge collapses and gets washed away. By by like the by the river, he turns to the side and there's the same beaver standing there, <laughs> and gives him like a little salute, like you saved my cool. life. I just I missed yours. that one. That was another good one. I, I did miss that one too. That might, that was yeah, that was near the end of the game. Okay. That was near the end of the game. So that it might have been. Oh, my, I was, my memory of the end of the game not as good as the, my memory at the beginning <laughs> of the game. <laughs> the memories, oh the memories, big deal. Yeah. That's what the game is all about. How about the facts? Speaking of advertising. Bud Light dishing out millions and millions of dollars. How about Miller Light? Zero. They stayed away completely from the Super Bowl. First time I can ever remember that, Big Dog. Shocking, if not uh, telling. Yeah, because yeah, Bud Light had at least four commercials, guys. At least. Yeah, at least four. And they also was the Budweiser camera, right? The Bud Cam that they mm-hmm. advertised. So they put out a ton of money. Miller Light was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. I didn't even notice that until you just mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think of it either. So that, yeah, no Miller products. Now that I think about it, no mm-hmm. Miller products whatsoever. And like some of the other big advertisers, really scaled back. Coca Cola only did one commercial. Pepsi only did two. Mm-hmm. A lot of movie previews. Well, Pepsi, Max, Pepsi Max. There was there was two of those. So do they have a regular Pepsi too? I don't know. The whole Pepsi Max and Coke Zero. You know, basically, what is it? It's sugarized water. That's what they're selling. No, the, right? the, those are the non-sugarized. Wow, well, yes. So, I'm sorry, sweetened the, water. The chemically sweetened yeah. water is what yeah. that is cooked. <laughs> yeah, you talk about marketing. That's that's marketing to its uh, greatest extreme. Uh, Big Dog and the Coach talking the Super Bowl and all the uh, auxiliary things surrounding it here. The two guys in a mic show. We'll probably talk a little bit more tomorrow, and then we'll move on. 888-463-6748 is the phone number here if you want to check in. Big Dog, um We'll go out to the phone lines, and uh, we'll let you make the call. Big Dog, you want to go to line two, four, six, or eight, or whichever one you appreciate? Uh, I appreciate line eight. Eight? You sure? That's where we're going, Coach. What about the guy on line six? Yeah. Don't care about him, huh? Yeah, no, not at all. All right, let's go out to uh, caller Mark. Checking in on line eight. Mark, how are you? Hey, great, guys. It's good to be appreciated. Uh, Appreciate it. I don't I don't know if, if you guys talked about this at all, but the, 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 the halftime show, uh, I don't know. I was, wasn't too impressed with it. As far as I'm concerned, they could just run all the uh, com- Super Bowl commercials, you know, which I think were pretty decent this year, during the during the instead of having a halftime show. Do do you want to? If you what they, what they should have done was, hey, all football fans, these are the eight people that were inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because you know what? They didn't announce it until halftime. I actually would watch the Super Bowl halftime for the first time since uh, 1992. I'm yeah. making a point not to watch yeah. Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, I think the musical thing at the halftimes, you know, it, it maybe had its purpose, but uh, we've reached burnout on the, the, you know, the cheering crowd and the big theatrical productions. I don't know what the answer is, uh, uh, Mark from Roselle, but I do think 
they need to find something different for the halftime show. I agree. Because yeah, I, I miss up with people, Coach. I really miss them. You miss what? If you're gonna if you're gonna do halftime shows, oh, up with people, yes. Yeah, up with people. Yeah. Back in the seventies, they, they did it almost every year, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, really don't remember those. But I think you're saying that facetiously, but something completely different. I don't know what it is. Maybe we could mull that over. That could be part of tomorrow's show. But they do need to do something different. I think. On the other hand, Mark from Roselle, the coin flip prior to the Super Bowl, arguably one of the great moments of the sports year. Oh yeah, I, I enjoy that. I mean, that, that that is, you know, I mean, it has somewhat of an impact on the game. Dion Sanders, by the way, nice job flipping the coin by Dion. Yeah, he had an excellent technique. Yes, an excellent technique. You, you could tell he paid attention during coin flips yeah, as a, he as a had, player. It, it had height, and it, you know, nice end Three over end. There was no uh, horizontal movement at all. It was a well huh. done coin flip. How much do you think that coin is worth? Because they sell like commemorative coins. Uh, but what do you think someone would pay? Uh, probably most likely a Packer fan would pay for the coin that they actually flipped before the game. You get a couple thou. Couple thou. I bet somebody pay like 50 grand for that. No. No, I so don't think so. There's, there, all you need is one, remember. There's, and there's a lot of morons in the world, Coach. <laughs> Rose Marco, before we let you go, your thoughts on the game. Who were you rooting for in any uh, analysis uh, now we're, we're about well, 12 hours after? I, I was really hoping the Steelers would have won, and, and I think it's a shame that they didn't. They're, they pushed the Packers around pretty good. They just, you know, obviously the turnovers killed them. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I think also, I think, you know, that, just a, just a, a little bit about the about the Bears. You know, despite their their loss to the Packers, boy, Caleb Haney. You talk about a, a silver lining. I mean, that that guy has proven he can play. Yeah, the Bears have a legitimate quarterback backing up Cutler. They do. They've got themselves a ball player in Caleb Haney. Why? About three days ago in the paper, the interview was Caleb Haney talking about he might have to play with a different team next year because he's not sure the Bears will give them the number two job. Uh, well, if he doesn't get the number two job next year, it's, they better bring in somebody really good, and it better not be Todd Collins, who, by the way, they should <laughs> tie up, put on a ship, and send him to sea, okay? <laughs> they should a burial at sea for Todd Collins. We could do it in Lake Michigan. That'd be fine. Uh, Henry Burris, by the way, doing very well in the Canadian League, Big Doug. Chance he could come back? It's the Canadian Arena League, Coach. Thank you. I still think Henry Burris has not reached his full potential. He has not. I agree. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, Mark, we appreciate your checking in. Glad everything's good with you. And uh, sorry that your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers did not win the uh, the ultimate game yesterday. Oh, well. <laughs> it was entertaining, at least. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mark. Have a great day, guys. All right, Mark from Roselle checking in. You can, too. By the way, big dog, i got to throw some kudos to my Northwestern Wildcats. They defeated. Your University of Illinois fighting Illini, the Cats, over the Illini. I know a tough moment for you about 2 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was. It was i got to tell you something. Uh, it's, it was hard to watch that game. It was definitely hard to watch. I, I watched it on replay, and I was like, I just wasted an hour and 20 minutes of my life that I'll mm-hmm. never get back for that type of conclusion. But, you know, John Sherna, I love that kid. Kind of like uh, how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. You know, I know he's on the the the, the enemy, but he just seems like a good kid. You gotta you like the way he plays the game. Same thing with John Sherman, running around smiling while he's playing the game. It was pretty cool. And you know, I guess if you don't mind me wrapping up the Super Bowl, coach, on this on this wrap up day, I heard something last night when I went to Bijou to get some food last night, and some guy was like, "Yeah, the Packers won, but you know what? It's like the cousin that you don't like, but at least it's still in the family." That's that was part of the reason I was rooting for the Packers.
Yeah, and I was thinking, well, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. So I was rooting for the Steelers not because of dislike for the Packers. It was some of the, my friends that are Packer friends that mm-hmm. I really am not friends with them anymore from the taunting I've gotten. And mm-hmm. one of my best friends in the world is a Steelers fan. And and he loves, loves, loves the Steelers. He named his son Ben at, after Big Ben Roethlis Butler because mm-hmm. his name is Butler. So. Yeah. I'll tell you, the party I was at was about 90% Pittsburgh. 10% Green Bay fans. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Big Doug, I also want to get your thoughts on the uh, Hall of Fame inductees for the class of 2011, including the Sackmaster. We'll do a little uh, Residue Tuesday show tomorrow. In the meantime, Big Dog, behave yourself. And uh, I'm still a little worried about this relationship. i got to dig deeper into this uh, burgeoning relationship that you're involved in. Okay, Coach, she listens every single day, so you got we got to be selective. That will not bother me. I'm a true professional. I will ask the tough questions that Katie Couric will not. Well, that will bother me. (laughs) Have a great day, Big Dog. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Two guys at a mic, signing off.